Welcome to What God is Teaching. This podcast is all about what God is teaching my friends and me as we walk with Jesus by studying the Bible and being led by the Holy Spirit. Welcome to the first episode of What God is Teaching. I really hope that this podcast will be an encouragement to you and to everyone that listens. Um, What it's going to look like right now is we will have monthly episodes with occasional bonus episodes and things like that. I think it's going to be really fun. I'm really excited to get started. Let's just hop right in. So this podcast is going to be all about what God is teaching my friends in me. Um, And I've realized lately that a lot of the things that God teaches me is him reminding me of something or deepening my understanding of something. And that's exactly what this episode is going to be about. So a few weeks ago, I was having my quiet time outside in Virginia. I'm a college student at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. So I was outside having my quiet time. I was reading through the Psalms and I was looking over the mountains in Virginia. And I was just thinking about how powerful God is and how obvious that is in creation as I'm looking at the sky and looking over these mountains and just looking at everything as I'm reading through the Psalms. And then while I was having my quiet time, I looked right into the sun because I'm an idiot. (laughs) And while I'm looking into the sun like an idiot, the scripture comes to mind in 1 Timothy 6 that says that God alone has immortality and that he dwells in an unapproachable light. And I started to think about that language used in that passage, unapproachable light. And I thought about the sun that I had just stared into. And I thought about the sun is definitely an unapproachable light. Like if the earth moved any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. So it's definitely unapproachable. But then I started to think, wow, the sun is an unapproachable light. But how much more of an unapproachable light is the dwelling place of the God who created it? Like it says in 1 Timothy 6, that God dwells in unapproachable light. No one can approach this. And scripture started to come to mind of places where God appears as unapproachable. I thought of Hebrews 12 where it talks about where Moses saw God. And it says that he was full of fear and trembling. When Moses saw God, he was shaking uncontrollably with fear. And I thought of Job 42 when Job saw God. And when Job sees God, he says, like he had heard about God before, but now that he had seen him, he said, I hate myself or I despise myself. That's the language that Job uses. That's the only thing that could come out of his mouth when he saw God. These are the types of things that happen when people see the God who dwells in unapproachable light. I also thought of in Revelation 1 where it talks about John. When John saw God, it says he fell over as though he was dead. My guy just fainted, like he straight up just hit the ground. And I was talking about this verse um, with a friend not too long ago, and he reminded me, obviously, that dead men do not fall easy. Like John just hit the ground. He fell over. He fainted when he saw God. This is what happens when people see the God who dwells in unapproachable light. But the scripture that probably stood out the most when I was thinking about this is in Isaiah 6. And in Isaiah 6, it's Isaiah writing, the prophet Isaiah, and he's talking about what he sees. And I just want to read this passage. If you have a Bible, I'm reading out of the English Standard Version. I'm reading Isaiah 6, verses 1 through 5, so you can follow along if you want. So Isaiah 6, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, 
This is Isaiah writing, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim. Each had six wings. With two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And that's the end of verse 4, and we're going to stop there just for a second. So Isaiah's writing, and basically what he sees is he, he says he sees the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of God's robe is filling the temple. And then he sees the seraphim. He sees these insane-looking creatures. They each have six wings, and they're flying around, and they're all calling out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. They're just shouting out how holy God is and how great he is. And Isaiah is seeing things like he's never seen before. It says that the temple was filled with smoke and the voice that he heard was literally shaking the earth. These, this is the thing, this is what Isaiah is seeing. And then verse five, what Isaiah says is, woe is me for I am lost and I am a man of unclean lips and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So Isaiah sees all these crazy things. He sees God. He sees these creatures flying around, chanting how holy God is. The earth is shaking at this voice. And Isaiah's response is, Woe is me, I am a man of unclean lips. And what really stands out with Isaiah in this passage is once he sees how great, how powerful, how holy God is, once he sees this God that dwells in unapproachable light, he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. He realizes how sinful he is. And when I was thinking about this, this really just brought about how powerful and how holy this God is, how holy God is and how sinful and how small I am. And this is all of us, right? Compared to God, when we see how powerful and how holy God is, that he dwells in this unapproachable light, all we see is how sinful we are and how small we are. I see how sinful I am. I see how small I am. And in Romans 3, it says that we all have fallen short of the glory of God. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So when Isaiah sees the glory of God and he says, I am a man of unclean lips, that's all of us. That's me. That's you. That's where we all stand before God. We are a people of unclean lips. We have sinned against a holy God. And there's a consequence for that. In Romans 6, it says, for we, or in Romans 3, it says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6, it says that the wages of sin is death. So we've all sinned against this holy and powerful God. And we have earned death. That's what wages means in that verse. In Romans 6, verse 23, wages is something you earn. If you go to work and you earn money, 
you earn your wages. When you sin, you have earned death. That is our wages. And the Bible says that it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. So there is a punishment for this, and it's just. It's the right thing to do because God is a perfect judge. And when you stand in front of a perfect judge with any amount of crime, he will punish it. And that is what God does. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10 that if we go on sinning, that all we can expect is judgment. It says a fiery furnace that will consume all adversaries. That is the punishment for our sin. It is a very fearful thing to fall in the hands of this God who is powerful, who is holy, who dwells in unapproachable light, who shakes the earth with his voice. It is a very scary thing to fall into his hands as a man of unclean lips, as a sinner. And when, when we're talking about things, these things, we're talking about God's wrath. We're talking about his anger. And people don't like to focus on that a lot, but that is the truth. And this God of wrath who dwells in unapproachable light is going to punish all sin. He's going to punish all men of unclean lips, like it says in Isaiah 6. But the crazy thing and the amazing thing is that this God of wrath, this God of anger, this perfect judge who dwells in unapproachable light is also a God of mercy and he's a God of love. And it doesn't seem like it makes much sense, right? You have this insane amount of anger. You have this amazing wrath, but you also have a God of mercy and a God of love. And right off the bat, it doesn't sound like it makes sense. But the beautiful thing is that Christianity is the only religion where this does make sense. You do have other religions that claim this, that claim that God is both wrathful and both merciful and gracious and loving. But it doesn't make any sense. It's illogical. The only reason that it makes sense in Christianity is Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 8 says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's how this makes sense. Ephesians 2 verse 13 says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So we were once far off from this holy, righteous, powerful, wrathful God. We are far away from him, just awaiting judgment. But it says, but now in Christ Jesus, you have, brought, you have been brought near by his blood. So remember how we were talking earlier about this judge. We're standing in front of this judge. We have a debt of sin that can't be paid. We can't pay it on our own. We don't have enough to pay it. Nothing that we do can pay this debt while we're standing in front of this perfect judge who will by no means clear any guilty person. But Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, he came from heaven to earth as a human being. And he saw us in, in front of this judge and he said, I will pay the fine instead. He went to the cross and he took the wrath of God on the cross that we deserve. It was poured out on him instead of us. And he did this willingly out of love. And from the cross, he said, it is 
finished. In other words, the debt has been paid. He paid it for us. And that is such good news that the same God who dwells in an unapproachable light and will by no means clear the guilty is the same God who came to earth as a human being to bring us close to him. Three days after Jesus died, he rose from the dead. Acts 2 verse 24 says that it was impossible for the grave to hold him. And the reason that it says that is because Jesus had no sin. Remember how we said earlier that the wages of our sin is death. We earn our death. Jesus lived an absolutely perfect life. He never sinned. He was the last person to deserve death. So it was impossible for him to stay dead because he never sinned. So he rose from the grave three days later, proving that he is God, proving that his sacrifice for us is enough, and he offers this to us. And if we would repent, in other words, if we would turn from our sins and believe the gospel, believe that Jesus died and rose from the grave for our sins, not only do we escape the wrath of God, but we are reconciled to God. We are restored to harmony with God. You can know God because of what Jesus did on the cross. The first thing that Jesus preached when he was on earth was repent and believe the gospel. Turn from your sin and bank your life on this. Put your all of your trust in this. That Jesus died and he rose from the grave for your sin. And then Jesus ascended back to the Father in heaven. But right before he did this, in Acts 1 verse 8, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit falls on you, and you will be my witnesses in all Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So he sends his Holy Spirit to us, to dwell in us, to teach us when we repent and believe the gospel. And he invites us to go be his witnesses in all the earth. This is literally the most valuable thing that I have. This is the most important thing that I could tell you. This is why it's the first episode of this podcast. This is what this podcast will be built on, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the same God who dwells in unapproachable light and is full of wrath is the same God who has brought me near to him by the blood of Christ and put his spirit inside of me because he's also loving and gracious and merciful. And if you today would repent and put your faith in Christ, you will be reconciled to God forever. So thanks for listening to what God is teaching. Have a great day. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Until next time.